Hello, welcome to the Unlocking Unstoppable Love podcast. I am your host, welcoming you back to the Unlocking Unstoppable Love podcast, Sacred Walker, founding CEO and Chief Medical Officer of Kumba Health International Institute and pioneer of this podcast today. We have a very, very special guest. I'm so excited for us to get started and welcome here to you today, Stephanie Takata. Stephanie Takata, we're so happy to have you. You are the co-founder of Stateless Inc., the expert fashion design and development company with her wife, Suwad Acha, since 2014. Inspired by your time consulting and developing a business at an educational firm, you started Stateless with the goal of building a design and consulting agency for national apparel brands. And to date, Stateless Inc. has helped successfully launch over, get this everyone, 85 brands. So I want you right now to go ahead and click the link below, subscribe, get connected, because we are about to have an hour of power conversation today, kicking off for Women's Month, our Legacy Builders series. So, so happy to have you here with us, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining Unlocking Unstoppable Love. Hi, Sacred. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to be here and to be a part of this. It's awesome. Oh my gosh, we're excited to have you. So we're going to we're gonna go ahead and dive on in and we're going to talk about a very specific brand um, focused topic today. So those who are listening, those who are tuning in, I want to make sure that you are really, really clear. So we're talking today about something very special, right? I want to talk about the tier. So maybe you're coming in and you're a hobbyist, right? You're new, you're, you're green and you're, you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm curious about the apparel industry, it, it feels so big, I don't know where to start, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have a sense of direction around that. Maybe you're a professional, right? You might be working in the industry, you're looking to do something as an offshoot. Maybe you have a brand, but you're rebranding right now. You are a high achieving creative, you are a heart centered executive making a splash. Or maybe you're an influencer and you're ready to do something cutting edge and you're taking it to the next level. Whatever level you are at today, I want us to tune in, subscribe below so that we can hear what it is that we're going to be focusing on, which is this important topic. Three ways to launch your, yes, your apparel and creative brand, turn your passion into profit in what is being called today the great exodus or the great reimagining, right? Without lack of direction or where to start getting in your way, right? And who here knows that sometimes you need some extra support? Raise your hand, raise your mug around where to start, right? Because we can spend thousands, some people have spent thousands, tens of thousands, millions of dollars wasted, not knowing where to begin. And sometimes we need valued experts as Stephanie to be here today to guide us forward. So once again, thank you so much, Stephanie. We're going to go ahead and get started. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get started, I'm just going to set an intention. All right, I'm going to set an intention today that those who have come before us, right, who have called us to this gift, we're going to call in the spirit of abundance. We're going to call in the spirit of support, of expansion. And I'm going to take a moment just to honor our ancestors who come before us, right? Those who have said yes to this calling so that we can move forward and just be a blessing. So just for a moment, I just want to do a moment of silence. Tune in, center yourself, because we're going to go ahead and deep dive into turning that passion into profit, starting now. All right, all right. So welcome back. Welcome back. So, okay, I want to talk with you first about how we know one another before we get started, because I I want people to know that 
we, we're not coming in green to this relationship. No, we are okay? not. <laughs> we're not coming into this green. So just tell those who are tuning in, whether you are watching on IG, on the podcast, on YouTube, tell us today, just how do we, how do we know one another? I mean, I think the universe brought us together, right? We, we were both in cohort 34 of Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program, which was like, you know, I don't want to sell MBA short, but it felt like a very accelerated sort of MBA. I think everybody in the cohort um, and, and us included, we were in the same group at one point, And that's how we, that's how we actually made our connection. But um, we all kind of needed it, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners, it gets tough. And, and there's a lot of stuff that you don't know and, and things that you're, you will forever not know. And so it's just this process of learning. And I think that program, you know, gave sacred you and I both that the ability to sort of learn from one another and come together. We were, we were in it for three months, I think total. And, uh, yeah, and we learned a lot about each other in the process. So I'm super happy to be here with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as many of us know, on the other side of what has been the great internal, right? Everything in the world has shut down. You and I met in the first class that was on the other side when we met in person, yeah. right? And so what a gift it was to kind of emerge in that. And as someone who has a double master's, I completely can empathize with that place of like, oh my gosh, there was so much that came out of this, out of this class and out of this experience. Yeah. So you and I have been strategically working on our companies mm-hmm. for the last couple of months intensely. And whether you are tuning in or listening and hearing, and you can, you can understand the importance of having that loving accountability that the universe brought us together and was like, come on, let's take our companies to the next level and begin to ask those hard questions that you don't always have time for. Mm -hmm. And so we want to acknowledge that you might be coming in and you might have a team of 300, or you might be a solopreneur. But you are asking, because you're here today showing up, you're asking some of those hard questions that we've been asking one another in this group, in this cohort together, that we are now graduated from the Goldman Sachs 10,000 entrepreneurs. And so I want to just build on that. You know, I want to build on, on this idea of stepping into your purpose in a passionate way, in a way that is profitable, right? right and right. so maybe you are where we were 10 years ago where you might just be starting out and you're saying, I am ready to launch this apparel brand and I want to know the next steps. When did you, Stephanie, first fall in love? When did you first unlock the unstoppable love in you around launching, helping to launch apparel brands? Because you launched over 80. So obviously you're in love. So let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me more. Yeah, you know, I think I'm in love more with entrepreneurship. It just fits me so well. Um, The ability to sort of create whatever it is that you want, right? Really, like the world is your oyster. And obviously, there's limitations, etc, etc. But the freedom to to sort of be what you want to be and have all of that power in your hands, I think is very powerful. And so for me, I just want to mention and kind of mirroring what we did at 10,000 SKB, no matter what your business is, there's just so many similarities between businesses and, and entrepreneurs trying to make it happen. Um, so even if you're not an apparel brand, I feel like, you know, there's a lot to be said that can just sort of, you know, under an umbrella of entrepreneurship be helpful. Um, in terms of apparel itself, so I met my wife in 2004. 
13, actually, and she was a fashion designer for um, corporate fashion space. So for places like Gap um, and, you know, Macy's, Old Navy, these kinds of places. And I was actually in the consulting um, field, but for higher education, so a completely different industry. But she sort of realized that there was a need for expertise in apparel. And during that time was the rise of social media, like Instagram, Facebook, these kinds of things that it was, it's called the democratization of fashion. So it meant that no matter who you were, you could have an apparel line and you have a platform now to sell it on and to sell your content on. And so it meant a lot of people were entering this space, but they didn't have either, they couldn't justify the capital to build a full in-house team necessary to do it to a certain standard. Um, or they, they didn't, you couldn't justify the capital to do that because, you know, you're starting brands, you're trying to figure out what's best for your brand and how to work. And so we decided, my wife and I together decided, why don't we build sort of a consulting group as an outsourced solution for that expertise? So that if you did want to start an apparel line or apparel company, or you have another company, but you want apparel to be a part of it, you can just outsource our team and make sure that you are bringing that apparel to market to a certain standard. Uh, to a cost target and all of the sort of professional things that go along with that. And so that's what we started. I started moonlighting it in the beginning. It was just me helping her and then um, using sort of my knowledge of the past and how to sort of build businesses, although they were educational, um, I sort of helped her do that. And before I knew it, by 2015, I was I completely stepped away from my full-time job and we were in it to win it. And that's how that's how it all started. I love it. I love it. And what I love about what you're sharing is the way that you pivoted, but you pivoted to meet such a clear need, mm -hmm. right? Such a clear need in being able to match just the educational consulting background that you had with the gifts that your wife was bringing into the world around her commitment to corporate fashion, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure those who are listening in, whether you are someone who is launching, maybe I want folks who are working with me to have a clear brand of like, we're all in one kind of uniform. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a way that I want to show up professionally, or there's a way that I have a creative gift and I'm ready to kind of create this offshoot, right? Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that you, and you'll be getting her contact in a moment, know how to stay connected to the gift and the wisdom that is to come. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to take a moment to take a step back, right? I want to take a moment to take a step back because there are folks who are listening, who are going, oh my goodness gracious, I am so clear that I want to launch something new. And I'm sure you can relate to the story, whether you are in the apparel brand or not, mm -hmm. right? That I can definitely relate to that moment of, I was working in adolescent medicine and said, oh my gosh, I, I do love this work, but I am so, so ready to take this patient-centered care to the next level. How can I bridge therapy, executive coaching, and conclusion, inclusion in a way that I'm not seeing it happen on the front lines, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have that aha moment, but don't always know where to start. And mm -hmm. affirming, yes, I can do this when you are partnered with the right person who sees your gifts and supports it is so essential. So tell, tell me, what has your journey been to making you an expert in this area? Tell us a little bit about you know, some of the ways that you've been making an impact and some of the communities that you've been fortunate to serve at such a powerful time like this where social media is taking people around the world. Tell us more. Yeah, definitely. So to back up, I totally agree with you in terms of, you know, making sure that you're not 
that you don't feel alone and that you're not doing it alone because businesses cannot be built alone. That's my number one key tip. And from our own business to the businesses that we help launch and, you know, we're there. And that's the reason is because even as a solo founder, you may be the most talented, you know, best founder in the entire world. But if you're trying to do it by yourself, you're really, you know, siloed in sort of what it is that you're that you're doing and you're not getting the feedback that's necessary to make you successful. So that's that's number one in my book. Um, but number two is um, to talk about sort of to talk about the communities that we've helped and stuff. You know, we're in a very special place where apparel apparel is one of the necessary things in life, right? Like there's food, there's beverage, and there's apparel. Like we have to eat, we have to drink, and we have to cover our bodies at a very basic level. And so when it comes to apparel, a lot of people sort of shortchange it when they talk about fashion because they think, oh, you know, that's so um, superficial. It's fashion. You know, who really, who really cares besides the people that are in these sort of communities caring about fashion? But the reality is that fashion or apparel, which is the word that we purposefully use because we, we want to sort of break down that stereotype of what fashion is, apparel can be very useful for a lot of different reasons. You know, we've for example, we've um, one of the thing, one of the products that we're really proud of is we worked with a, a very famous pulmonologist to to um, to make a sort of gardening suit that protects you from Lyme's disease. You know, and that just alone, it's so obvious how that's super helpful. Another sort of product that we have kind of on the line is, and I'm under NDA for a lot of it, so I can't say so much, but it does help sort of the LGBTQIA kind of. Um, a community, which obviously I'm a part of, and um, it has to do with sort of undergarments and, and particular things. And so that's a really exciting thing. A lot of the founders that we work with do not have, I mean, listen, sometimes we work with Fortune 500 companies and they have all the backing in the world and, you know, they have a seat at the table. But a lot of the founders that we work with have been historically underrepresented and are, and are nest and need sort of the support and the help that they might not be able to be afforded you know, on their own. And so it's sort of stateless sort of opens that door to say, listen, this is a network based industry. It's a people based industry and you're with us. So now that you're with us, you have sort of those doors open, whether it be vendor contacts or whatever it may be. And so it's just kind of like starting at mile five instead of starting at mile one, you know, with us. And so I guess to conclude, I'm just very proud of sort of the ways in which we've been able to help specifically self self-funded uh, founders sort of make their vision come to life and and give them that tool to, to be able to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, what I'm hearing, which is so impactful and empower, you know, empowering is, you know, as Shirley Chisholm says, sometimes when there's no seat at the table, you've got to, you know, build one, right? You've got to yeah, make your own table. table. Right, yeah. exactly. And come in and make your own table. So there can be such power in, you know, if you don't have those connections and knowing where to start, right? How are you someone who is coming and seeing that there are those who have built those relationships based on their legacy, that you there at Stateless have come in and can say, okay, here's how to move forward, right? right? And so when you're at the place where you're like, I don't know where to begin, I'm launching this, right? That there can be an opportunity to say, okay, we've actually taken the time to build those relationships. Now you're working where you're not working in isolation, you know? Correct. And I can, I can appreciate, you know, just coming in therapeutically that sometimes you might have a creative block, right? You might mm -hmm. be questioning like, is what I'm bringing out worth bringing to market, 
right? Mm-hmm. That sometimes you might have a, a, a mindset of, you know, I'm struggling with this or I'm trying to think, feel it out or, you know, how, how is this something that can really make a splash? How do I bring it out there? And I remember I have a client of mine who I'm so fortunate to hold space for who was having those kinds of questions, who was like, I really want to bring what I do every day out there, but I'm really, really wrestling with, will it be seen? Will it be received in a way? Will my authentic story be heard? Will I lose myself in the market, in the industry? Because the industry can sometimes be very challenging with if I'm a part of, if I'm an underdog, a part of an underrepresented group. Mm-hmm. And in working through, we're able to now have them bring out their book that they're publishing because that they were able to share their personal story in an impactful way and see that they could turn passion into profit. So right. I can appreciate the way that you do that with brands on a larger scale, right? Of how to make an impact. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about some of those misconceptions, right? Because, you know, I recently went to the Dior exhibit that's, you know, just um, closed over at the Brooklyn Museum. And as someone who is a fashionista and loves, loves mm-hmm. that pieces can be impactful and they can be so timeless. There was a way that I both saw the power of fashion and design, right? In this beautiful Dior piece, these timeless pieces, this multiple six-figure pieces, right? And at the same time, I oftentimes saw maybe a misconception of fashion not always including all bodies and all cultures and all sizes, right? Like, what does it look like to really mm-hmm. say, I'm going to make a splash in the mainstream? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what does that look like today? So, you know, that was a misconception I had that, you know, someone who looked, moved, danced, healed the way that I do and our company does may not always find space in fashion, even though I loved the Dior exhibit. I was like, yes, right. right? So can you tell me what are some of the misconceptions that you've heard and Mm -hmm. and what are the ways that your company kind of moves through or surpasses those misconceptions to help brands come to market? Sure. Yeah. You know, with fashion, I mean, like I think with any industry, there's just major misconceptions and it's all based on our own sort of uh, relationship with it and how we grew up and what might be really expensive for somebody is like not expensive at all for somebody else. And, you know, it's, it's at its core, it's just like a human thing to have misconceptions about certain industries. But I think with apparel and fashion, it's just so broad. Like I'm actually hard pressed and this is like a challenge that I have ongoing with myself to find a company apparel based or not that doesn't need, or couldn't, there couldn't be an argument for apparel. And so apparel, like I said before, can be used in so many different ways. And so I think that this, like, I think fashion gets a bad rap and actually justifiably. So from the past of, like you said, focusing on certain body types, um, certain types of groups as being sort of their, their main consumers and therefore they ignore the rest and I think, I think we're living in a really exciting time where that's transitioning and changing, although albeit slowly, but it is sort of changing. And I think it's, I think it's up to everybody as a consumer, like if you're thinking from a consumer standpoint, to continue to hold these fashion companies accountable, you know, and to continue to sort of holding their butts to the flame and saying, you know, we need to see this on different body types. We need to see this on different types of people or different, you know, different um, sexual orientations or whatever it may be um, so that people continue to be represented in the, in the apparel space. But, but I think the misconception is that the apparel space or fashion doesn't want to change. And I don't think that's the truth. I think that most companies out there, a 
and their leadership. A, you know, welcome the change because from a business standpoint, a change like that opens up so many different markets, right? So it wouldn't be smart for them to ignore all of these other different markets. So they welcome the change. They want to change, you know, but I heard somebody actually to give you an anecdote. One of our clients, pretty big company was, um, is their market is also plus size. It's a size inclusive line, right? But then if you look at the marketing and like the content on the website and the Instagram and stuff, all of the clothes is still Photoshop or photographed on a standard model, like that doesn't look plus size. So I, I asked the founder, why is it that your con, why is it that this is a huge brand value for you, but your content doesn't match that brand value? And smartly, and this is actually, unfortunately, at the same time, which she also agreed, that the studies show that apparel photographed on plus size people, or people that aren't are historically plus size, which we know isn't actually plus size, but that's a whole other thing, on plus size people doesn't sell as well, even to the plus size buyer. And so it's, it's really the consumer's power to sort of, you know, appreciate that when you see something on a plus size body, for example, you're going to buy it because that's the reality. That's what you're going to look like in it if you're plus size, you know? And so, and to continue feeding this idea that it's more beautiful if on one type of body or one type of person. So I think to wrap up, the general misconception is that the fashion industry doesn't want to change. They do. They want to change, but they also have to make money. So as a consumer, we have to make them change and show them why it's worth, worth it for them to change. Yes, that's powerful. So what I'm hearing you speak into is the power of impacting the bottom line. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And so those who are tuning in right now, I want us to really tune into what Stephanie is speaking into. And I love almost like the synergy between, to be honest, between like healing and fashion. And yeah. as someone who has a big belief in like how you feel on the inside is just in fashion is just showing up powerfully on the outside, right? Like that can be such a gift. So I'm hearing twofold. I'm hearing one is how do we invest in our passion in a way that's intentional and in a way that is really focused in how are we able to transform the very industry every day, right? Mm -hmm. As the consumer, the power of the consumer. I'm hearing you speak into that. I'm also hearing you speak into another really powerful piece, which is when I'm saying I'm bringing something out into market, at the end of the day, it's also about how it's being received and monitoring right. that and feeling that out, right? right? And number three, I'm also hearing body positivity, right? Yeah. <laughs> when we do the work, which we're committed to here at Kumba Health, to look within, to be able to unearth our worth, to be able to shift how we see one another and see ourselves and be able to show up in the world as our powerful, unlocked, unstoppable us, Right. Then we're also, our purchasing power is based on that. Because when I feel good about me, I'm showing up and purchasing based on that, right? I'm being intentional with how I invest, mm -hmm. right? That gets to be the relationship, right? Yep. So what I'm hearing is some powerful, powerful pieces about how you work and what makes your brand so unique because not everyone is asking those kinds of questions. Yeah, we're really at the forefront of that. And I think, you know, as founders, whomever you may be, whether it's creative based or apparel based or whatever. I mean, the world is loud, right? There's a lot of businesses out there. And so everybody's trying to look for that differentiating factor um, to say, okay, this is the factor that's going to like make me stand out above the crowd and the literal thousands or millions of brands that are just like mine. And so in finding that differentiating factor, it's very important. Like everybody talks about passion and I couldn't agree more. You have to have passion. 
you know, the, you have to be super resilient if you're going to start a brand or a company. Um, and the passion at the end is what really rules the day. But it's translating that passion into profit, to your point, and, and making sure that that passion is communicated to the consumer, first and foremost, in a clear and concise way. And then the trick is making that consumer just as passionate about what it is that you're communicating. So you're really having to sort of having to translate sort of your passion to somebody else's head and mind and soul, right? And then making them so passionate about it too, that they part with their money. And that's the hardest thing to do ever, you know? And so I think the disconnect is as people in general, I think there's just this lack of, um, of really looking inward and, and being like, you know, proud about who we are as people, because the consumer dollars at the end, to your point, like when you start a company or any company at all, the bottom line rules the day, no matter how much passion is going around or brand values or whatever it may be, like it needs to be profitable. And so at the end, it's this push pull between the consumer and the founder. And I think the founder can't just give up and give in either, you know, like you have to continually sort of think about what it is that you're really doing here. What are the values and how you're communicating that to the consumer and making them believe in it, making them believe that, yes, this is also something I'm passionate about. This is also something that I should spend my hard earned money on, you know? And so that's the challenge, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is a really good time to, to bridge and to segue into kind of this next step. Because I'm hearing you speak into something. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe below and we will be sharing how to stay in touch with Stephanie in a moment. But I really am hearing you speaking to something that's so powerful. And that reminds me of a story. Just if you're at the very beginning and you're hearing this and you're going, okay, these terms and, and click-throughs and all of that, how, how do I land in? And so I just want to bring us back to, if you were where we were 10 years ago and you are at the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And you're at a place where you're like, I don't even know if I can launch something. Right. I want us to begin to take a pause and listen into what Stephanie is speaking into, because she's not only speaking into how you're bringing a passion, your passion out there, but we're talking about how to make it profitable and also looking at how we spend, right? Yeah. How we spend wisely. And so if right now you take a pause and as we do here in Kumba Health, we look at personal inventory. We do a personal inventory. And I would say one thing to do right now is to do a personal inventory and go, wait a minute, how am I individually, how am I professionally looking at where my dollar is going? And is your dollar going towards your impact or is it going towards your depletion, right? Is it going towards your impact or your depletion? And so as someone who has literally lean launched our company three times and been able to fund and start up without investors, one of the things that I have found to be so true is telling your story in a way that's impactful, which is what Stephanie is speaking to, but also looking at where your funds are going. And so if you have anything right now internally that's blocking you from your shine that you are spending on that is not going towards your uplift, right? That's going towards your stress and going towards anything that's not helping you move forward, redirect that to your lean launch, right? Whether you are starting right now with $50, $100, $10,000, $50,000, $100,000, lean launch and redirect. Tell your story and attract those lean launch dollars so that you can make that splash so when you approach Stephanie's company, you're like, you know, this is what I've done to go ahead and put our hard-earned funds towards what it is that I'm committed to, right? Because when you keep a promise to yourself and your business, whether it's 
solopreneur or whether you have a, th- a team of 300, you will see the difference, the residual difference, the return on your investment. When you invest in yourself, you will see a return on your investment in your day to day. So let's look at how we are making an impact. So that is my one thing that I want to take away. Personal inventory. And I want you to look right now at where your funds are going so you can spend wisely on taking your business to the next level versus things that are depleting your actions. And if you need support around that, do reach out to one of our therapists who will be matched with you. So Stephanie, those who are saying, you know what? I have worked it through. <laughs> I am so, I'm so ready to take that next step, but I don't know how. What would you say would be your three takeaways for the question that is at hand? That I am saying, I want three ways to launch my apparel or my creative brand, and I want to turn my passion into profit without the lack of direction of where to start getting in my way. What would you say would be three takeaways for our listeners today? Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, when you're right at the beginning and you have what you think is a good idea, which it might be, you know, there are sort of three things that you need to do even before lifting a pin and doing anything like incorporating or anything like that. And it's all sort of, it's great because it doesn't cost you anything except for time. But these are the three steps that I, and actually to give you a sense, I see a lot of brands not doing and they pay for it in the end. So not only is this where you start, but it's also going to help you make more money in the end if you've gone through these, through these steps. So Number one is you need to be clear about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So that clarity isn't like, oh yeah, you know, I, this is a great idea. It's definitely going to sell. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about months of research. And when, when I say research, I mean, you should know like the back of your hand, who your perceived competitors are. You should be very clear about who your competitors are. So we hear all the time, oh, I want to start an active line. My competitor is Nike. And our response is, unless you have, you know, half a million in the bank, your competitor is not Nike. Nike is not your competitor, not yet. Now, maybe in 50 years or 20 years, you want to be Nike. Okay, maybe there's a chance. But be very realistic about who your competitors are in the market and the market share that you're going after. Um, I think that, you know, to, to when we were talking about passion, it's so important to have that, but it will not rule the day. Like that's the reality. You need to be very clear about your brand's mission, the values that you're trying to, to, to go after via whatever product it is that you're going to sell. We're living in a world where brand is everything, not the product. And so a lot of people forget about the idea of brand and how important that is. And it is so much more than a logo. It's literally building a brand DNA, brand values, trying to figure out what is it the world of my product, right? That's so important. And so while you're doing your competitor research, look at that. But what, you, what you're doing when you're doing your competitor research is, you know, scrolling through social media, which is a wonderful research database of different companies, um, looking at the comments that they have, you know, you might see like one, one brand that sells like the best swimsuit ever, but you see the comments and the comments are like, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. Well, what that tells you is maybe there's a way that you can make a cheaper one and steal that market share. So there's a lot of ways to look into the competition. Just do your research on your competition. Number two, once you've done that, then, you know, the idea is to start small and focused, unless again, you have just like millions of dollars in capital that's fueling this thing. You want to start as small and focused as possible. What is your differentiating factor? Build into that. So maybe it's like two or three styles, you know, Tom's footwear, right? They had one shoe. So like, think about what is my product? I'm going to try to start, start as small and focused as possible. I don't want to choke on my inventory. 
And then I want to use this small focused launch as more of a soft launch. A lot of people think about the big launch, right? No, you, you need to test the waters. And so soft launch that, you know, get sales data back, have open conversation, open dialogue with the people that you have try the product and, and the consumers that are actually buying it because you're not there yet. You have not launched. You've soft launched. And that's a totally different thing. It's almost like a pilot. Very important. I would spend a couple years in that phase. And that's, that's the reality, you know, nothing happens overnight. Um, and to that point, then what we think about founders and new businesses as, as like raising a child, right? So if you think about even three years, a child is a toddler at three years, they can barely speak. That's like your business. It's going to be the same place, you know, so that by five and six, maybe it's kind of a child. And then by year 20, Ideally, it's a full-grown adult, and now you have a business, but literally, it's very rare to see a company or a business start at year 20. Most are starting at an infant, and you just have to be realistic about your growth in that way. Um, and then the third thing that's really important is aligning yourself with experts. And I don't say that because we're an expert company. That's not my intention here. But if you can afford, and not only capital-wise, but just in your mind and, and kind of get over your own ego, to be honest to afford the, the, the advice and the consultation of people that have been doing this for years and years and years and years, again, you'll start at mile five and not mile one, you know, mile 10 and not mile one. So be very clear of what you don't know, you know, and don't let your ego, don't let your lack of flexibility get in the way of that because you need to be very open to both criticism and instruction and and all of the rest and very grateful i think or appreciative that if anybody if if you get any of these sort of leaders or experts on your side that they're spending your time on you you know and and to be very grateful for that so those would be my three three takeaways there absolutely beautiful beautiful and you know what i'm really hearing from that what we landed on was making sure that those experts are on your side and knowing that you are worthy of having advocates who will intuitively listen to you, hear you, and want to support you to get to that next level because they first understand your vision. Right. And I think that that's something that we have in common is a commitment to supporting the vision of those who are ready to go to the next level. So, mm -hmm. you know, I am so grateful for our time today. I'm wondering if there is a way that we can continue this conversation with you so that when someone says, you know what, actually... I am clear that I'm worthy of unlocking unstoppable love in my apparel or creative brand. And I want to connect with Stateless. What is a way that we can connect with you and move forward? And maybe those who are listening in might even get a special treat for being referred <laughs> by this dynamic podcast. Only for you, Sacred, and only <laughs> for your followers, okay? <laughs> we actually never do that, but I'm super happy to do that for here because I really believe in this mission. Um, so you can go to our website. It's www.stateless.nyc. -E -E There's a contact form there, so you can feel free to fill that out or um, the info email, actually, you get the back scenes, but it comes directly to me. So I'll see it. Um, and yeah, and if you do, if you mention Sacred Walker or Unstoppable, what, what is it? Locking Unstoppable Love? Unlocking Unstoppable Love. <laughs> Unlocking yeah. Unstoppable Love. Then we would be able to provide a small discount as well. So definitely, if you if you know about us through this, definitely mention that because that'll be helpful. I also wanted to mention that we're launching an incubator um, in two weeks. And um 
if you just, yeah, if you just email me on that email, then I can give you more information about that when applications open. It's for underrepresented founders. It's in partnership with Neiman Marcus. Um, and there's a lot there. So if you are honestly thinking about starting an apparel line, this might be a really good option for you. A lot of value. Can't say much more yet, but that's it. Perfect, perfect. So those who stayed until the very end, do you see how you got that extra treat? <laughs> oh, by the way, in partnership with Neiman Marcus, let's be clear, <laughs> right, about the powerhouse that you are listening to today and the opportunity to be able to step forward, right? And if not for the small discount, I want us to be clear about we are investing in our future, right? We are investing in our calling, right? And so when you get into these opportunities such as this incubator, what a splash you have of getting out of here and getting in here. Those who are listening in, I'm pointing to my head, getting out of one's head in isolation and getting into community of building accountability, support, and trust with someone who is such as powerful as you are and your team. So I want to make sure that we're going to go ahead and include that in the show notes below for one ways that you can reach out and connect. If you missed that email and you're like, oh, wait, 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 don't worry. We're going to have it in the show notes below. So go ahead and click on that to be able to move forward. So Stephanie, I am so excited. We are so excited for what has happened today, for what is to come, for those who do reach out. And if for some reason you reach out and you hear this podcast today or down the line, that you will be able to stay plugged in and connected however you feel is best for being able to move forward. So for right now, I just want to land in and say that you are worthy. I am worthy of unlocking the unstoppable love in you. I May I be free from suffering. May we be free from suffering. May the world be free from suffering and make a dynamic splash in the world today. I am your host, Sacred Walker. And today we spoke with Steph, excuse me. I'm so excited. I'm stumbling. <laughs> Stephanie Takata. Thank you so much. Of Thank course, we were able to absolutely, we were able to talk in once again about the topic, three ways to launch your apparel and creative brand and turn your passion to profit without lack of clarity of where to start getting in your way. Subscribe below, stay connected and looking forward to unlocking the unstoppable love in you. Thank you.